to the Walking Mile in My Shoes podcast. I'm your host, Chris Young, and I'll be chatting with all kinds of folk, highlighting the experiences of people with mental health problems, many of whom feel on the edge of society, as I walk around the edge of the UK over the next couple of years. Following in the steps of a hero of mine, Satish Kumar, a Jain monk who went on a peace march in the 1960s, I'll be taking no money with me. His guru felt, if he did, he'd lack the motivation to speak with people at the end of the day, and that the only people he'd meet would be hoteliers. I thought if this amazing man could walk from India to Pakistan, expect and receive wonderful hospitality when the two countries were at war, then I should expect nothing less from the people on this beautiful island of ours. So far, I've walked the 4,000 or so miles anti-clockwise from Edinburgh to North Wales, and the people I've met, without exception, have been fabulous. Ah, I nearly forgot to mention, I have a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, a severe and enduring mental health problem which, although it curtails me, doesn't define me. But this isn't a story about me. This is all about those fabulous people I'll be meeting as I go. Well, since my mental wheels fell off over Christmas and New Year, I'll be talking with some of the fabulous folk I've met virtually on social media and otherwise until, well, until I manage to put the wheels back on. That said, it doesn't have to be quite so selective. I'm inviting you to be part of the story. We're told we've become a more divided nation in recent years, and I'm here to prove that wrong. Join me. I'd love to hear and share your story. Help me on my journey as we challenge mental health stigma, one conversation at a time. You can call me on 07535035909, that's 07535035909, or email me at hello at letswalkamile.org, that's hello at letswalkamile.org, or you can follow me on Twitter at UK. In this episode, I'm, I'll be talking with my old friend Jim, who I've known for 33 years. 33 years! We'll be chatting about his journey into, through and out of the world of alcohol addiction. I was regularly astonished in my life as a social worker at the often scant regard we and the other caring professions gave to alcoholism, perhaps because it's a legal vice, when compared with other addictions. It might come as a surprise to you that in 2017 alone, there were 7,697 alcohol-specific deaths in the UK. That's 7,697 reasons for us to start a conversation with the people we love. Welcome to the Walk a Mile in My Shoes podcast. Uh, this week, I'm speaking, speaking to my old friend, uh, Jim Lang. Hi, Jim. Hi, Chris. Welcome to uh, Walk a Mile Towers. Uh, he's come to, Jim's come down to visit me for a, a few days, and I, I thought it'd be terribly rude not to uh, torture him by, uh, by dragging him onto this. So, um, yeah, uh, how do you know me? Um, from college. College. From a very long time ago. How, how long? We, I think we established sort of last night how long ago it was. It's, it's 33 years. 33 years. Gosh, so neither of us had been born when we met. That's like, right, yes. That's yes. incredible. We were um, not even a sperm. Not even a sperm. So um, what, 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 what were we studying? Just bring, take, take me back to those, those dark times. Oh, so much. I've, I've forgotten there was so much we were studying. Oh, we were at the University of Life. 
That's right. We were so intensely book bookwormish. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a BSc in psychology. It certainly was, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what was formerly NELP. Yes, North East London Polytechnic. Now the University of East London. A hallowed institution. Yeah, hallowed indeed. Who needs red bricks to be traditional? I know. And it was a, it was a place of uh, great, great beauty. The, the reason that, that I, I thought the listener would be particularly interested in you, just to cut to the chase, and I'm, we will talk about this later on, is that as a social worker, I worked with people who had uh, problems with alcohol throughout mm-hmm. their lives. And uh, I always remember going to the occupational therapy department at the Royal Edinburgh Hospital and talking to their head occupational therapist mm-hmm. and saying to them, so how, how many successes, or what's the percentage of success you, you have here, you know, uh, getting people, um, you know, working with people with, that, with alcohol problems? And she said, so w- what are you measuring as a, well, what's your measurement of success? I said, well, either sort of controlling their drinking or <clears throat> uh, stopping their drinking, one of those things. And, and she said, well, if you're, if you're going to measure it that narrow, narrowly, um, none. <laughs> I went, Sorry, what, what now? None? I, and, and I suppose as my career as a social worker, I, I, I worked with a lot of people, uh, and it, it, it was very difficult for, for people because it, uh, you know, stopping drinking or stopping any, any other a addiction, I guess, hmm. um, it, it was it was very difficult for them to to stop just there and then because they had a culture around it as well. So they had friends, family uh, who were part of that that world, and so by giving the drinking up or whatever it was, or crack cocaine, crystal meth, you know, <laughs> so uh, yes. So yeah, I, I mean, I eventually gave up neighbours. Which I think was fucking massive. I noticed you live on your own. You? <laughs> but but yeah, it, it, people have to change their lives anyway. So that that's what we'll we'll get on and we'll we'll, we'll talk about later. But what I, I'd like to know um, is a little bit of of the history of 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 how you you got to that point with with alcohol or, or how you would describe your relationship with alcohol as well. Um. Now um, the relationship is pleasantly distant, yeah, or non-existent. Non-existent, yeah. Um, it's it's probably a typical tale. Uh, I don't think there's any any originality um, about it. But uh, the, the the father figure the, wasn't uh, the best example of how to how to look after you know a relationship as you call it with alcohol. Yeah. Um, my dad was a, a weekend drinker, mostly, um, because that's all he could afford. Um, but he would be off on the piss on the Friday night, Saturday night. Yeah, so nothing wrong with that, eh? A hard-working man, you know, getting his reward after a week's work. So it, was, um, it, wasn't just, it wasn't just a little drink, it was sort of drinking to excess at the weekend? Yeah, yeah, well, this, this is, um, you know, it's what would have been... in. In previous generations, a typical tale of somebody trapped in a marriage, you know, because he couldn't keep his cock in his pants. Right, um, right. You make it sound so romantic when you put it like that. It is, yeah. My parents, um, uh, their, their romance was a thing of legend. 
<laughs> Shakespearean. It was Shakespearean in its uh, uh, crockery meeting wall. So you, you, your dad were, uh, drank bingely. He, he um, was, yeah, he, yeah. He was a, a binger, um, and it was. It, it, you know, I've done a lot of thinking about this over the years, and it was purely an, an escape from what he saw as his cage. Um, wow! But he would, you know, there would be the uh, the dramatic entrance home after he'd finished with the pub, um, and he'd start uh, with the family. Um, but his <coughs> his way. His whole uh, perspective on that was that, you know, that a man's man, you know, knows how to drink. The man's man can handle his drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how he defined handling his drink, but, um, you know, um, coming home and being abusive to a family that you've neglected... Um, and left underfunded in terms of how to, yeah, yeah, you know, being, a, being able to have the ability to, um, from a mother's perspective, look after the household, feed and clothe everybody, yeah, yeah, um, maintain some level of um, um, respectable existence, if you like. So his his alcohol was prioritised. That was prioritised. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. It was. You know, it would have been a, a classic scenario of those generations as well. That, you know, the man comes in with the brown wage packet and gives the woman. Yeah, yeah. The housekeeping. There you go. There's your housekeeping. For There's you. a pound to um, to feed the kids, pay the rent. Yeah, that has to do all the bills, all the food, the kids' clothes to go into school. Um, it's funny when you you mention that you know, a man knows how to handle his drink. I remember growing up, growing up in in Corby, mm-hmm. and uh, there was this goal of of being able to drink ten pints. Yes, I remember that as well. The ten pint goal, yeah. Yeah, I remember working my way towards that and um, being in the. Was in, uh, it was called Golden Lion um, on Leith Walk. Right, right. In the eighties, because um, I I. Um, ended up leaving home eventually um, as a result of my uncle's death in 1984, I think it was. Right. Yes, it would be 84. Um, and we went up for the funeral and my auntie had guest houses to run. And um, I said, I don't mind staying behind to help you for the summer. So 1984, how, how old do you have been? 21. 21. Um, and so, you know... I've always felt a little bit guilty um, for that because I saw when she started speaking about that, the fact that she had these businesses to run and her her life partner was no longer around. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, as much as I loved my uncle, um, I saw an opportunity of escape. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought, you've got to open your mouth or God yes, knows or what you, will happen. Or you're going then back to Gravesend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, a lively sounding place. Um, <laughs> what an unusual name for a place, eh? Yes, yeah. It's um, it, it's not the most inspiring of locations. Is there a history to that? The, the, the actual name. The only story that I know of, and as far as I'm aware, there's several different stories, but none of them are proven absolutely. Okay. Um, 
but the one, and it's easy to remember, when you had the plague in London in, I think it would be 1665. Yeah. The fire yeah. in 1666, I think, reportedly got rid of the plague. All oh, right, that's useful. Down. Right. Um, but they had to bury the bodies outside of the city. Right, uh, right. Boundaries, and where the, they stopped burying the bodies, they got as far as Graves. Graves and um, I, I find it a bit improbable, actually, because... Even if, let's say, London had a population of a million there, Yeah, it would be nowhere near that, eh? They wouldn't just be burying bodies in that one direction. They no, every direction. The radius. Yeah, so yeah. surely to have gone that far, you'd have needed millions of dead yeah, bodies. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe they're over-careful. I, I don't know, but, but yeah. But it's a, it's a good story. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's... it's feel, actually, the, the, but the Great Fire of London, so you're saying the Fire of London was... Do you think it was contrived? It was... It was you know, in history, maybe it was a sort of cleansing thing, and they thought well, there's no way we're going to get rid of this disease unless we. No. no. Or we're back to Pudding Lane. Yeah, we're back to Pudding Lane. I think <laughs> the, the, the powers that be wouldn't harm their um, their dearly beloved London. No, no, um, fair enough. It's not like Harry in the North. The North and Scotland and Wales and everywhere uh, other part of the UK is expendable. Yes, yes, um, yeah. But never the southeastern London. No, of course, so. no. I think you're right. So we we we've got Jim. You, you've you've had your your home life where you've had a uh, a father who was a good bad example regarding. It's an excellent bad example. Uh, who was good at uh, saying this is how this is how a man drinks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but, but at the same time, you thought, I need out of this, the 21-year-old James uh, in 1984 went, Edinburgh is the place for me. Uh, I'm going to help my auntie. So, Well, that was, always, that was always home for me anyway. Yeah, it? yeah. Um, that was my first home that I remembered. Um, actually, my first accent as well. So. Right. Right, son. How's it going? Oh, the accent's gone. Yeah. A, a long time ago. <laughs> That's never coming back. But, no. Um, I always had that in my head as home anyway. Um, yeah. Maybe if I fill in the gap at the front of that. On um, you go. Just so that the listeners have a clearer idea of where the story starts from. Um, my parents met when my dad was stationed with the army in Gravesend in the early 60s. Yeah. Um, and just two, three months after I was born, they moved from there to where he came from, which was Edinburgh. Right. Um, or rather, it would have been Portobello. Okay. Um, Musselburgh, that kind of area. Um, but growing up as a kid, I, I just thought of the, the, the location as Edinburgh. Um, yeah, yeah. If, you, if, you've, if you've got somewhere idealised in your head as a kid, you're, you're not really worried about the... It becomes, you don't it becomes about the, yeah. the niceties of... It becomes kind know, of El Dorado, um, doesn't it? Being specific. Yes, you know, yes. That's the label I'm going to hang on that place yeah. that you know, I want to get back to. Uh, and, you know, the, the tragedy of my uncle's uh, death and funeral and the fallout from that was, um, was a door opening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, even though I felt guilty for um, what I've always kind of viewed as a slightly mercenary um, reaction, I've also always viewed it as the the good that comes out of any situation. It's funny how you, you see a, 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 an act of self-care as mercenary. You know, it's just, it, it, because it was on the back of a family tragedy. You know? Of course, um, of course. 
but so um, so you you you, you became a, a chalet maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that that went on for most of the summer. Um, in the autumn, I started A levels um, at Stevenson College, and two years later, I was down in London with your good self. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, gosh. Which is where, which which would be where uh, the alcohol career really took off. Describe what what happened. Um, well, what happened was um, having done the A level in psychology and um, actually you know done it the way you would imagine doing any study improperly. Um, you know, I worked hard. I've uh, studied the, the subjects and the, the the topics that were put before me. Um, was well prepared for the exam. Did the exam, came out, um, felt good about it. That was that was backed up by the result. Um, and the year later, having got the second A level, I needed to get into yeah um, yeah into northeast London Poly. Um, and then onwards to the Polytechnic to start the psychology degree. Yeah. Um, that was that was a completely different scenario because having arrived there with enthusiasm intact. <coughs> yes, with a song um, in your heart and your banjo by your side. That's right. Yeah. Um, I thought this is good, great. Yeah. I can't wait to get started. Um, um, and we, we started the first year, and as we've discussed ourselves yeah. on many occasions, the first year was basically a rehash of the A level. So yeah, it was bored shitless. It was. It wasn't um, good. Um, just just to rewind a little bit on on the A level. The A level, as I recall, was a brilliant course. It was a absolutely fantastic introduction to psychology. But did you did you do the version that had the um, ten practicals. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same yeah, You have yeah, to do ten, ten experiments in <clears throat> in two years, and you think, wow, that that that's a lot yeah. of lot. You know, retrospectively, that's a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. On top of uh, revising for exams, on top of you, there was a, a statistics oral. Do you remember? I don't remember that bit. We, we had a statistics oral, which was the most bizarre thing ever. So you're sitting there bullshitting to some guy that you're... you're that, oh, yes, yes. That you'd be using chi-squared, the t-test, the, the or, or, or yeah. what on name of God, yeah, and different types of data. and The t-test. And when somebody's looking at you eye to eye, it's very difficult to mm -hmm. really bullshit. Yeah, no, I remember that now you mention that. So... Um, I remember my, my psychology lecturer was saying, you know, the, the A level in the UK is currently equivalent to the degree in the States mm -hmm. because the amount we, we you cover on, on yeah. that course. Yeah. And I think it was down to the A level trying to prove itself, the people, psychology trying to prove itself as, yeah. a, as a something. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I remember my A level lecturer in psychology describing psychology as. A subject that's in the process of booming. Yeah. At that point, this and the point being the early eighties. Um, why? Why psychology for you? Um, I had uh, I had a hankering to find out more about myself and the yeah, you know the 
the various hang-ups and problems that you know have, uh, had attached to me by that point. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess I, I think it's a similar reason to why the majority of people get involved in a subject like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Self-discovery or a means of um, self-therapy, if you like. Yeah, you know? yeah. Why? Why am I like this? Why is why is my view of life like this? Yeah, um, yeah. Those kinds of reasons. So we we got to the the the, the great citadel of of learning. Mm, that was the, that was oh, those ivory towers. That was Nelp, uh, which Nelp, which was notorious for the greatest piece of toilet graffiti ever in the history of toilet graffiti. North East London Polytechnic isn't shit. You are. <laughs> <laughs> so there we were. There, there, that's that's where, where we're at. And so you, the first year was basically a rehash of the it was, A level. Yeah. So I was bored out my tits. Um, and what are you going to do? It's like, you know, I was I was living. Um, I had the the subsistence grant to survive on, and and that was it. You know, so. Ordinarily, if you just led a straight life, did you study nothing else, um, it would have been sufficient to get through. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I agree. It would have fed you and clothed you and um, kept you in a uh, in a modest lifestyle, which yeah, you, yeah, um, would have been uh, perfectly adequate. But you know, I I, I just went to the bar, um, and then I went to the bar. And, because they, they had some brilliant offers at the bar. They had uh, they promotion nights. and That's right, yes. And they had a particular day of the week when the pipes would get cleaned, so I'd be down oh, there. Oh, right. Tony, Tony that ran the bar would be uh, running through, you know, emptying, emptying the Guinness tap, which was uh, my, my chosen yeah, yeah. potion at that time. Bloody hell! So, you, uh, of course, uh, rather than letting it go to waste and throw it down the sink, that'd be terrible. Yeah, I, I wanted to help a pal out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he would have felt bad, and, and and he felt better that he was given to your charity. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> a shame it wasn't registered. Yeah, yeah, yeah because you could could sort of claim tax back on it. So, was it was it purely at the at the student union where you? Worshipped? No, no. I was, um, you know, multi-denominational. Uh, oh, mm. there was also the, back then the hallowed ground of the King Edward the Seventh. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the Eddy. The Eddy. Yes, yes. yeah. Um, but you know, the, I, I, I wasn't unfamiliar with any of the bars along that yeah. that stretch of uh, Stratford Broadway. But you also were you drinking at home at these points? No, I never, I never got, I never got into that. Yeah, um, yeah. Until the latter stages when I was leading up to stopping. Right, um, right. Which was a long time after. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that never appealed to me. I mean, part of it was for the social element. Um, I think, for, from my perspective, as a, as a friend of yours at the time. Mm. Um, I sometimes sort of kick myself for for not being terribly observant because you'd go you'd come out with us we'd have mm. a a good old time mm. and then I didn't realise you you had other 
social groups where you were having a good good old time when I wasn't drinking, and and so you yeah, know, I had to fill in the gaps. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I I, I obviously didn't apply myself to the the task, <laughs> but, but 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 yeah, it, it's it's at times where you sort of look back and think, gosh, you know, what if? And and it's easy to look back and think, look at yourself with sort of older eyes and think, well, maybe mm. if I'd I don't know, intervened, said, hold on a second, do you know what you're doing here? Um, you would have told me to fuck off. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you, you were just starting out on a career in, in that subject area. Oh. Um, in the, well, I was going to say in the same way that I was. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, there was never a career um, beyond the basic academic um, standard of the degree. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You had to do a degree and then do something else. To, uh, yeah, yeah. To to become a something in psychology. That's yeah. it. Um, by the end of the degree, I wasn't bothered about anything. No, no. It's just how we're going to finance um, this companion I've got. But it is. It's, it's funny because you know you 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 think university success is purely down to academic prowess. And if, if that were the case, then you would have come out with a really great degree had you not gone off and done... If I hadn't got lost um, in, in the bar or the bars, um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, if I'd applied myself the way I'd applied myself to the A-level, which was, um, when I did mine, it was done over a year. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the, the second year I, I took, I did a... Did sociology mm. in that year, so um, you know, if I'd applied myself in the same way, then you know, yeah, I'm confident I would have got a, yeah one, one of the top one or two. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure you would have degrees. Um, but we've we've talked about this before. I know, well, and I think if if the degree had been two years, not three, yeah, for those that had done the A level or further reaching, you know. You, if there was just a degree for people who had done the A level, which was yeah, yeah the two streams in, intensive, you know that that would have been mm -hmm. that that would have been an altogether different yeah. Yeah. degree. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, it, it it sounds like you you started drinking almost in anger, or or kind of in fuck it, you know, I don't know, fuck it, anger. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, is that what boredom is? Perhaps is boredom a well, fuck you, reality. I'm, mm. I'm not playing your game anymore. Um, but um, supposedly the other thing is is almost a denial of your future. So you're thinking, you you suddenly you know it, everything didn't matter. You'd... Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if I can remember properly whether I had an image, yeah. a vision of an imagined future. Right. Um, beyond actually achieving the degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, because until I started the psychology A-level, um, as far as I was concerned, for kids like me that came from scabby council estates yeah, yeah. in uh, provincial towns, um, you didn't go to university. That was for other folk. That's right. That was for the kids that had money. Yeah, that's com uh, completely. Yeah, yeah. 
And then to get to Edinburgh and to discover that, um, that there were such things back then as, then as grants that enabled working-class children to go to university. Indeed, yeah. That was a whole other world that threatened to open up for me. Um, what were the typical Gravesend options? Yeah, where, where, where? It was... I can't remember who came out with the phrase. Um, I don't think it was my brother-in-law, but I think it's someone I used to know, and I've forgotten now. And I think the, the phrase was originally attached to somewhere else. But the options would have been um, the standard small town Gravesend born and bred end up dead. <laughs> um, Catchy. So, yeah, as optimistic and as shit. That's hopeful as that. That's pretty bleak, eh? It is pretty bleak, yeah. Yeah. So, um, was there a point when you were drinking um, when you thought, do you know, there's something wrong here? Yeah, there were many points, but um, I, it wasn't until I was well into the, the degree course before that first raised its head. I can't remember exactly when. I imagine maybe perhaps sometime during the second year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that would have been when the course actually started for, yeah, for yeah. both of us. Yeah, yeah, there's new stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we haven't done this before. Right, okay. Yeah. I can't exactly sort of wing my way through on yes. A-level knowledge for this one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to do, do shit. Um, so at the point where you have to actually do new shit um, and you're, <coughs> you're making your way to college and passing, passing your peers from the course. Yeah, And they're yeah. saying, hey, Jim. How you doing? You're going the wrong way. No, I'm not, Matt. The bar opens in ten minutes. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's kind of a a little light going on, you know. See, I, I remember little moments that, that again that I didn't sort of fully reflect on when you were you told me that the the railway tavern opens at <laughs> six o'clock six in the morning, morning. <laughs> yeah, for the posties. Yeah, and I remember just thinking. Yeah, you know, it, it was something and nothing. It was something. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Again, I didn't fully attend yeah, to it. Yeah. But I mean, all of that environment um, would have been new to you as well. Yeah. <clears throat> you weren't yet the professional article that looked after people. Jesus Christ, no. No, I, I was still, certainly still at the point of having fled Corby. I'd escaped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that, was, that was my ult- ultimate goal. And, and I, th- I think, you know, my university polytechnic life was in retrospect actually discovering just how fucking crazy I was you know just having different moments where I, you know I, I look back and go oh wow that, there's there's a absolute ringing yeah. moment of my craziness yeah. I mean I had no idea you were crazy back then yeah beyond, well, beyond the usual sort of yeah just pain. zany yes yeah. but um yeah um I, I was I was self-harming like it was going out of fashion and uh you know, um, I think for for me the 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 big moment where I realised that something was very wrong, and I think it, I, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure you were doing this the same experiment with me, mm. where we were sitting around and we were looking at the fight or flight response. Okay. And um, so I had a galvanic skin 
yeah. uh, measurement on my on my skin, so measuring my skin sweat. Uh, we had a heart rate monitor, mm-hmm. and we had video that was looking at the, the dilation pupil. of my pupil. Yeah. And the the stimulus was going to be me thrusting my foot into uh, ice water, yeah. and and that would kick everything off. But but way before then, I saw my face on the video screen, and. I, again, in retrospect, ever since I'd been sexually abused, I hadn't been able to look at myself in a mirror. And looking at this video was like looking in a mirror, and everything just went kablooey. And I remember people going, what, what's wrong, Chris? What, what's, what's going on? And I went, it's broken. It's somebody else's shot now. Fuck. <laughs> You'd been found out. Yeah, I'd been sprung. You'd been but, discovered. But, but yeah. By yourself. But yeah, I, I, I think people just thought that was something weird, and and you, at the time, you just carry yeah. on getting on, getting on. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I, I do, I do sort of remember that. Yeah, um, I'm thinking, um, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, what's yeah. he up to? Yeah. <laughs> stop, stop being a fan. Of yeah, and 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 then just probably put the things on yourself and carry on. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't as if you didn't in, engage with the course because you know the, we we did things you, you you were still going to university and you were still doing things you you you're in my lab for a bit when we were doing computer mm. programming measuring mm-hmm. i don't know response time to spots on screens or something yeah and and shit like that so you you hadn't completely no I hadn't completely um divorced myself from it um but my association, uh, active association with the course, kind of just diminished. Yeah, um, yeah. As, as the further time went on, you know, and the closer we got to the end of it, um, the less I was attending. Yeah, yeah, and it just didn't matter. Uh, but it's interesting, you, you talked there a, a briefly a moment ago when you were describing the labs about self-harm. Um, and I, I don't think that we take uh, addictive behaviours seriously enough. Uh, as, self-harm. as self-harm, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right. I think we we see self harm as a thing, it, a strike. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's razors and stuff. Up yeah, there. it's uh, not it's not a continuation it's, of it's obvious external yeah, scars. Yeah, um, it's not uh, something hidden away because you've ingested it. Yeah, so I suppose it's it's. At one level, then you're saying it's a, it's it's an escape, but also it's it's harming yourself. So was that? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if we go back to being at home, um, I mean, but, but being at home wasn't the most stable um, or um, nurturing place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, as such, you'd look to going to school as being um, a sanctuary, your escape from yeah, that. yeah, um, yeah. And school was just a fucking mess of the same shit. It was just um, it was kind of going from one place where you hated it to the uh, another place where you hated it. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because we haven't really touched on that. Or, I mean, I'm more than happy to sort of not hmm. speak about you know what was going on at home. Well, it, 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 it all feeds into you know the the self harming addictive behaviours anyway. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, it's the you're kind of getting towards a root cause, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
two-pronged traumas um, kind of kind of make for a, an almost inevitability. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There will be a dysfunctional behaviour. Yeah. Um, I think it would be very hard for anyone to go through that kind of um, um, childhood adolescence um, without coming out a bit fucked up. So it wasn't just your dad's drinking that was a problem, it was his behaviour around that too? Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was uh, violent abuse within the household, um, primarily um, aimed at myself, but um, a few years ago when my mother was still alive, um, she told me when she was up to visit me one time in Edinburgh, um, how she'd been talking to my sister, and my sister had remembered an, e an episode, um, which actually wasn't an episode. Yeah, yeah. It was just, she'd remembered one, it was, maybe it was a, a composite of many. Okay. But this was a, a regular behaviour of his, um, and he'd, um, uh, I don't want to get into different nationalities within the household. Right, right. Um, not in the present climate. <laughs> um, but he'd basically said to her, this is what you get if you don't fucking behave yourself. Right, And right. then he'd lay into myself. Right. But make her watch. Bloody hell. Um, so that's, a, that's double torture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and, I'd, you know, whenever I'd thought about those events um, over the years, I hadn't paused to think about my sister. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that, the, you know, there was the... There was a hidden victim there. Yeah. That I wasn't considering. Yeah, the, she, she would have felt completely out of control. So, yeah, the, the victimology of someone who was too young to have any control. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wasn't the direct recipient of that behaviour. Yeah. Um, of the violence, anyway. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, not, not in a physical it, way. It's horrible, yeah. And the brother that she loved, I'm guessing, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> from time to time, yeah. <laughs> but 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 you've seen that that going on. So that was going on at home. Mm -hmm. So school was was just more more of the same. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what what went on there. Um, the last three years of it, um, somehow it switched round somewhere between the <laughs> excuse me between the second year and the third year. Yeah. Um, and it just went from being one of the lads to one of the um, the whipping posts. Sort of a hero to zero sort of... Um... Yeah, kind of thing with, without the hero bit, you know. It's, <laughs> I, I was never one of the cool kids. Yeah. I was just one of the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I've never really figured that one out. You became a, a, a target for whatever reason. Uh-huh, yeah. So, you know... There were, you know, there's several different factors behind the uh, uh, the grabbing the, the the tragic opportunity for escape when I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, you know, uh, I think kids are, you know, human beings uh, find vulnerability, and if you maybe you felt vulnerable from being at home, I guess, and that comes well, from that environment. I don't know things. You talk about that and about kids picking on differences, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
I mean, Mum had always wanted us to get the best education that she could find for us. Yeah. Um, and she managed to get us into one of the, the better schools in the area. Right. Um, so, you know, um, it, it's, there weren't loads of kids from the, the local estates at that school. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was predominantly a middle-class demographic. Right, right. Um, so you're, you kind of stood out for the majority anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you've got that factor which would have made you stand out a bit. Yeah. But it's, it's the change, you know, what happened for things to change, you know, from the knockabout um, times you were having one year and the next year it's suddenly... Um, yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I can't pinpoint an event um, where you went, I'm, they're, they're attacking me because I'm different because of X. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, I, I don't see the, the, the class differences as being the trigger for No, um, no. Because it hadn't been in the previous two years. Yeah, um, yeah. So why would that suddenly be after, you know, after that? So I'm guessing, I mean, um, you were in the... Because schools were still streamed out, you would have been in one of the top classes or...? Mostly, yeah, most yeah. of the subjects would have been the top one or two sets. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's what we called them. So, so, but it's interesting to be getting... Was it was bullying coming from those groups of people or was it coming from...? It was, it was generalised. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> it also transferred over to... A couple of the teachers as well. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Isn't, isn't that lovely? In, in particular, and this will, will probably surprise everybody. Yeah. Um, but in particular, one of the, the PE teachers. Really? A PE teacher? I don't believe it. It's outrageous. You've yeah. never heard the like. Well, you? stop press. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Um, so that's, that's a fuller picture, if you like. Yeah, um, yeah. Behind where we find ourselves in, in the early 80s, mid-80s at NELP, um, having been bored. So, I mean, well, the, like then it starts feeling, so there's the boredom, but there's also, I don't know, years of pain, years of hurt. Yeah, um, I mean, if we go, we're going to be jumping about... Um, we certainly will, that's um, how this podcast works, mate. A, a bit like it? quantum leap here, yeah, going yeah. backwards and forwards in time. Um, that's an old TV reference for younger listeners. <laughs> but if, if we go back to the, the couple of years in, in Edinburgh in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, well, it would be mid-84 to okay. yeah, yeah. Um, mid-80s, um, while I'm acquiring A-levels um, and I'm dabbling in, in a, an alcoholic apprenticeship, if you like. Right. Um, I always had the... You mentioned the the ten pint goal. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that that was always something that I was, you know, looking to achieve. Yeah, one day, one day. I'll... Yeah, because I thought, fucking hell. That's... I tell you what, ten pints of heavy in Scotland and ten pints of of something in England, they're, they're very different creatures. They were back then. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a driver is special was my chosen poison in those days. Right. Um, uh, it doesn't. I don't think it exists anymore. <laughs> it's, it's illegal. They use it as a cleaning source. That's right. For that's cleaning it, for yeah. surfaces. It's sold on the streets in packets. Yeah. 
So yeah, the the, the ten point goal. So yeah, do you know I, had, I don't think I'd fully appreciated that you were sort of sitting your apprenticeship while you're doing your A levels. Mm. So it's sort of ticking away in the background. Yeah, I mean, I was I was on dole at the time, but back then you you weren't um, victimised um, as someone who's claiming unemployment benefit um, because you were studying. They, they but oh yeah, I, had, I was actually you know, studying supported, as well, yeah. and you know that was accepted back then, if I remember rightly, by the system. Yeah, yeah. I think the system accepted that you were studying towards something, so you yeah. were, you were allowed. Yeah, to you claim the benefit while you were doing that. Yeah, you know, that was fully as long as you were progressing towards a goal. Right. Yeah, that was going to, I guess you could say, benefit the wider society in yeah, the long term. Yeah, um, instead of the short-termist um, spite um, oh, that everybody's view towards terror. people on benefits. I mean, it's terrorism is what it is. It's 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 it's, it's horrible what's going on just now. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, in the next is, is. few um, years something will change. But it's small minds. And yeah. It's a sheep-like mentality that people have to yeah, take out of. Yeah, accepting it. So, yeah, so you you were, as you say, your apprenticeship. And then I suppose um, things that you were allowed at university, Polytechnic, were, yeah, the, the grant was reasonable. Yeah. Accommodation was reasonable. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um... And uh, you were suddenly allowed something that I don't think we'd ever encountered. You were allowed debt. <laughs> <laughs> the credit card. The credit cards, yes. The yes. access card. Your flexible friend. Yes. <clears throat> um, so I suppose, again, that, that's having access to money to... Indeed. But, you know, if you remember back in those days, it was also very easy to get money from the banks... Yeah, yeah. Um, in a small scale. Yes, um, yes. Because um, I'm sure you did this as well. But when you got towards the end of the term and money was getting tight, yeah. um, you'd, uh, because things weren't coordinated and connected, yeah. you'd start at the first bank on Stratford Broadway and work your way all the way down, hitting all the cash points, getting 50 quid out, which was your maximum. Yeah, um, yeah. And it wouldn't be until like the next banking day or a couple of banking days later that they'd figure out that that they'd be you've, robbed you've, yeah you've, you've gone over your overdraft by like x number significantly of, yeah. yes but the last stop would be your own branch and then you'd hit the cash point and then go to the counter inside and yeah go, yeah give me another 50 pound please um, and then you'd go on the piss i've got loads of cash boys yeah yeah so right so yeah access to money is uh, i guess uh, uh, a big thing too. So then, I suppose so. That's when it when the alcohol problem galvanised. I guess. Well, yeah, that would be when it coalesced. Yeah. Into a problem. And then we we mislaid each other. I I ran away to Edinburgh with uh, family. With family. New, newlywed with, yeah, with yeah. newly bred children. Yes, and, uh, and also uh, the, the, the social work course at, at uh, Edinburgh University looked quite, quite dandy as well. So, <laughs> so, so. Yeah, I mean, that was just, a, 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 you know, it was the, the natural part of the ways at yeah, the end of a yeah. college course. That's right, you that's know, right. People go in different life directions and, yeah. But we, you know, we got reacquainted. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know how many years ago that would be now. Uh, yeah, so a yeah, a couple of years before you started the Sacred Ramble. Yes, yes. So that was that was that was great. So, what would what do you want to talk about regarding? Are, are you happy to talk about? What alcohol came to mean? You, you can go in any direction you like. Okay. If I don't like it, I'll tell you. All right. So, when I, I know we're skipping about a million years here, but <laughs> when did you go in? In when did you finally decide that alcohol wasn't the thing for you? I'm not. It wasn't a decision as such. Um, I think it was just the, the awareness would have evolved over time. Um, like I said earlier, I think there was a point in the second year where um, I first became aware of the behaviour. Yeah, you know, yeah. Consciously aware that the behaviour was problematic, shall we say? Um, but you know, you were still at college, so. It was a case of, fuck it, yeah, deal yeah. with it later. Um, yeah, because I suppose college is a sort of, it's a, it's a transient period, isn't it? You know, it's something that's... It's, it's a closeted environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, even if you're not in red brick cloisters, it's still got that yeah. um, feel to it. Um, that's right, yeah. So you kind of interact with the outside world in terms of the location where you're going to college um, and the people that live there full time yes um, as outsiders yeah you, you don't feel uh, that's right that, that's perfect um, the way you describe it you, you don't feel like you have any responsibility for the world around you you're, mm. you're somehow in this sort of microclimate yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was uh, weird so I don't remember a point yeah um, but the, the awareness became stronger over time and the, the, for a long time, I wanted to just get rid of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And that desire to be free of it certainly began when I was in London. Right. Um, I think that would have started to make itself felt before you left. Right, right. Um, but it took a long, long time to get to a point where I was able to, so... Yeah, so was it just a sort of nagging down and then go, fuck it, that's made me feel really bad, I'm going to go for a drink? Um, that kind of knee-jerk, fuck it, I'm going to get pissed yeah. reaction to yeah. life's disappointments or, the, or the, you know, the, the vicissitudes of life, as it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was always there. That was always there. Um, and in, if you like, an inbuilt behaviour. Uh, but at some point, you know, if unless you're completely divorced from the reality of your behaviour there will be a point where you start to either suddenly become aware or an awareness will grow that your behaviour is really not normal yeah yeah it's not helping and you're not going to achieve anything um whatever achieving in life is meant to mean yeah yeah um and that behaviour or not behaviour that awareness Whilst it got stronger, um, the inability to actually do anything about it creates frustration, which just feeds the desire to say, fuck it, and carry on. So it's, it's a cycle. Um, so this, it's, 
guess, self-fulfilling prophecy of yeah. some sort. Would you describe um, it, though, as um, self-medicating? Yeah, to some extent. Um, yeah, self-medicating in terms of uh, being able to inflict the numbness that's required. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I suppose all the way along there's, there's pain. And if, if pain hasn't been resolved... Um, then it doesn't go away. It just become it festers. It becomes something else. It... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's not. Oh, what's the opposite of chronic? Um, acute. Acute. Yeah. So acute is the persistent version, isn't chronic it? Chronic is. Chronic is. Oh, yeah. oh, right. So chronic is the persistent version yeah. of of things in that respect. Yeah. So if it's chronic. Um, you know, you you need some escape from it. You need some respite from the the gnawing away. Um, so you'll you'll revert to the behaviours you you know that have worked for you up to that point. Yes, yeah. Even if that's the behaviour that's causing the pain in the first place, because the, the cause of pain has moved on to you know it's moved on from childhood and school that kicked off the. The journey towards that side, yeah, yeah, um, and has now become the cause in itself. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, yeah, sort, of, sort of handed on the baton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has. So even if you're you're frustration at not being able to achieve anything in that respect, because you're too weak. Yeah, um, you're too weak-willed, and you're too committed to to that that downward direction. I suppose the draw of of something else wasn't perhaps big enough, you know? Yeah, there, there wasn't anything else. Um, yeah, there wasn't anything yeah, so else. Sort of like there wasn't all, anything else to draw me Yeah, alternatives. And, and, and I suppose once it's familiar, it's familiar. It's like an old friend. Yeah, the friend you love to hate. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Because um, I... Going back to uni, living with you, I remember there were, there were times you would come back and it, you'd never direct your anger at anyone else and there'd be some anger and and sadly one of your records would get it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, there, there, there was... Uh, I think the record you're talking about used to hang on the wall. Yeah, that, that, that's what I remember. I think it was mostly. behind... Yeah. I think I had it stuck on the back of the door. Was this when you made into a clock? Or it wasn't you... made into a clock, but, but it was yeah. arranged so that it was vaguely still record-shaped. Yes, and, yes. Um, no, that that met its demise at, uh, at Clays Lane Close, which is now... Um, it's now part of the Olympic complex. Is that right? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Is that right? You know full well. <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm being a listener. I know, I know. You're, you're being the, the, the probing interviewee. That's, that's the me. Interviewer. No, I'd, I'd come home pissed one night uh, from, uh, from Maryland Bar um, and got back to the house at Clays Lane Close and uh, up the stairs to the room and fuck it. Um, that was just out. It had been the one I'd been playing currently. Right, right. Bang. So, blew, um, but broke it across the corner of the desk, I think it was. Yeah, Smashed yeah. it to fucking half a dozen pieces. <sighs> Bo Diddley double album on chess. <laughs> um, I had to go and buy it again. Yeah, damn right. Yeah. But, um, 
you know. I've, I've thought, you know, the, the morning after, I'm going to have to keep that as a reminder. Um, so I stuck it on my wall as, as a that's reminder. That's brilliant. Um, which reminded me not to do things again until I was that pissed again and that was frustrated again and uh, yeah. you do it again. Um, I've still got it somewhere. Have you? Tucked away somewhere. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Is, it, is it sort of mounted or is it just in its constituent no, components? Just, just in the, the bits in the... Yeah, yeah. I, I think I know where it is. Um, just ready to be stuck in a wall sometime soon. Yeah, it maybe should go into a frame, yeah, into yeah. A frame of sorts. Um, so you got to a, a point and you, uh, I'd met up with you a few times in Edinburgh. What was it? It was the Black Bull. The Black we, Bull, yeah. Yeah, we, we yeah. met up a few times. Hallowed turf back in those days. And we, we, we shared a, a number of beers. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you got to a point where you said, oh, that's it, no more. Um, or, or, well, it, it wasn't quite that straightforward. No. Um, um, we would it would be a few years after we uh, our, um, our reconnection. Yeah. And I'd 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 seen someone for a few uh, a couple of months. Right. Um, and that hadn't gone terribly well. Um, but one of the things that she'd said was, um, "You need to fucking see someone about your drinking." Right. Um, which is sage advice, um, you know. But it's interesting. None of us have considering, said it. Considering that she's yeah. she, she'd been doing the very same thing herself. All right, her, so she she, drinking, so. she was a great enthusiast. So yeah. She was a, 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 a yes, a, a, a devout believer, follower. Yeah. Um, but she had, you know, um, been taking that advice herself anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't until the year after, which would take us to 2012, um, that I got round to it and. Uh, Contacted. Um, I'm trying to remember what the acronym stands for. Um, I think it's the Edinburgh and Lothian Council for Alcohol right. Abuse, ELCA. Right. Um, so I got in touch with these guys and um, and girls. Went along for an, uh, an assessment interview, if you like. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. see if. You know, so this wasn't through your GP. You contact them no, directly. No, this was yeah. yeah. This this was just um, uh, I can't remember how I got onto them. Somebody did say try these people. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who I spoke to or what the what the source of the reference. Right, was. right. So um, also anyway, chance yeah, conversation. Yeah. So uh, the reference was duly followed up, um, and I ended up. Taking uh, counselling there for, I think it was, I think it was over a year. Right, right. It was, it was weekly to begin with, and then after a few months, it started to tail off. Um, and it would be every couple of weeks, and then once a month, and then. Um, so the person who was counselling you, did you get a, a notion of what their credentials were, what what their background was? Or? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the guy was actually a. Uh, Photographer by profession, but right. gone into counselling. Um, uh, I can't remember what the motivation for going into counselling was. Um, if I remember rightly, it wasn't because he'd been a problem drinker himself and yeah, had yeah. gone on to want to sort of 
help others yeah, with yeah. the same problem. Um, but I don't remember how he ended up doing what he was doing that you know meant that he would be counselling myself um, amongst other people. Uh, so, started off once a week. Every yeah, other week. It's, it, it took me into 2013. Yeah. The, the counselling started February 2012. At the end of 2012, there's a family bereavement. At the start of 2013, there's a long-term friendship that you know, just hits the buffers. Right. It's like, fuck you, I'm off, we're not talking anymore. Fuck. Um, and both very close to each other. Yeah, yeah. So... He, he kept it going. We were down to monthly appointments at that point, so he, he kept it going for three or four months after that just to make sure yeah. that I wasn't reverting to, to old behaviours. Um, and and what, what was the goal during counselling, do you remember? Control. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go there hoping for the holy grail of, yes. um, of ceasing the habit. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, because I, I saw that as an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. I, I've always thought that if you if you set yourself expectations, you open yourself up to disappointments. Yeah. So I the, found the, that as supporting West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same with Leeds United. <laughs> Don't ask me how. Well, mo- moments of silence for that. Yes. So, but yeah, yeah. If you your goals are too great or. or yeah, not um, achievable. I, I've always seen, well, maybe not always, but as, as I've matured, um, I, I've always seen that it's a much more positive view to take of life if you view things from a point of view of having no expectations. Right. Not right. expecting that I'm not going to get fuck all out of this. Or yeah, it's not yeah, work, yeah. But to expect nothing from a point of view of basically well I don't know where it's going to go I don't know what's going to happen at the end but I need to do something so let's try it so a kind of acceptance um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so if I come out of it just the same as I am I've lost nothing yeah yeah uh, and anything I'd come out with that that's an improvement is is a win yeah yeah um, so we're in 2013 and um we're heading towards the middle of the year. Around the April, end of April, start of May, um, I start writing. Uh, and that's, that gives me a focus. Right. Um, and I've, I've started buying the, the boxes of wine you get in the supermarket. Right, um, right. Because I was wanting to... <coughs> Excuse me. I was wanting to try and cut back... Um, a bit more on the drinking, it had already diminished, diminished quite significantly yeah, thanks yeah. to the counselling. But I wanted to cut back more, um, and also to cut back on the expense of it. I mean, um, yeah, I can it's expensive it. now, yeah, and it wasn't yeah. as expensive then, but it was still a significant outcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the 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 box of wine was starting to become a thing right um, but when I started writing the the poetry that gave me a, a focus I hadn't expected right um, right and I was just 
cobbling things together from ideas and you know I'd force these ideas to work over the course of a week just yeah, yeah, sitting yeah. in the house um, and I'd sit in in the wee studio I had in the in the house from internet radio days yeah yeah and I'd sit there with a glass on the one of the CD racks yep um, feet up on the desk um, I've got the word open on the PC and whatever the words were on the document and I just sit and fiddle around and right. try and work them into an idea and what have you and it was it was all it was early days in that respect and it was it's mostly quite ropey stuff but it kept me busy yeah um, yeah and I'd be quite happy to get to the end of a week and have a piece that was finished yes uh, yes some weeks might even have two right right but I start to feel that this was this was something that I, I might end up being quite fascinated with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. it, it 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 could become a preoccupation that was <clears throat> actually wasn't self harming. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was productive. It was productive. It was constructive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we're getting towards the middle of the year, and I, I start thinking maybe it's time to actually have a go at stopping. Properly, right. And I remembered um, another old pal of mine um, that I'd worked with in Edinburgh um, some years before had said to me one time when we were on the piss. Um, well, because I, I, I probably had a, had a stab at giving up smoking at that point, right, right, um, and failed again, like anyone that's been yeah, a lots of people will identify with that lots of people um, give up smoking lots of times and he yeah. said well why the fuck didn't you try giving up both at the same time because right. they feed each other don't they yeah tell me a bit um, more about that how they feed each other just well um, I don't really need to tell very much yeah you've, you've seen the behaviour yourself of course you yes indulged, yeah but you have a smoke you have a fag uh, so you, you have a drink yeah you, yeah. you have a smoke um and it's back then the culture was you could smoke in pubs. Yeah. So you you get your beer, the ashtrays in the middle of the table, you light up. Yeah. And um, the the two are twin. They complement each other. They complement each other perfectly, yeah. and it's it, it's such a natural feeling um, pairing of behaviours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, although when we knew each other in London, I hadn't started smoking yet. no no not not not, not with any pain yes not yeah. with any passion no no yeah. I, I was just i was just smoking sociable joints yeah when they were available back then yeah um smoking you're not applying to become uh, a conservative uh, leader are you you're talking about your 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 drug past go and fuck yourself thank you because i consider myself fucked so, um, so your your friend says, "Why not give up both?" Yeah, which I thought, "Wow, that's a great idea." Um, and I had six months ish to to look forward to it, to to see this point at New Year twenty thirteen as um, when I would make the attempt. Yeah, yeah. And it's not New Year because I I, I believe in. New Year delusions. Yes, yes. Um, that's a crock of shit. But New Year is the perfect um, benchmark, the perfect point to start or finish something. Yeah, yeah. Because you can easily track progress. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
when did I start? It's the beginning of the year. We're in September. It's nine months. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, if you start in April and it's September, how's it long has it been? Oh, yeah, it's, yes. It's five months, is it? Six? Easy sums. Easy sums. Yeah. And you need to make it easy on yourself. Um, so tracking your progress needs to be easy. Um, so you think about it and it's, oh, that's two months, that's three months. So we get to the end of 2013. I'm sat there um, with a half ounce of baccy and a bottle of red. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's New Year's Eve, and it'd be the early hours of the 1st of January 2014 when the bottle runs out, and it's like, oh, fuck it. I, I think, if I remember rightly, and it probably would have been this way, that I would have had that one last fag. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but one of the things I think that's crucial um, is the language you use about these things, the language you use towards ceasing behaviours. Yes, like yes. Um, and I hear people talk about how they're giving up. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's not the thing to be saying to yourself. To give up implies sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. There's no sacrifice in ceasing abusive behaviours. Yeah, um, yeah. You are just sticking poisons in your body. Yeah, yeah, a, a collection of poisons, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're, you're stopping. Um, you're not giving up. There's no sacrifice. You're just going to stop with this thing. Yeah. But the other thing I, I, I did, mentally speaking, was to set no time limit, um, to set no goal. Right. Um, there's such... Uh, there's such an emphasis in this society on goal orientation. You must have goals. You yeah, have yeah, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, you do. Goals are also um, failures waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. So the only goal you should have is just to see how long it lasts. Yeah, yeah. Just um, enjoy that. Keep it open. Keep it wide open. Don't set yourself well, I'm going to stay off it for a week, a month, a year, or that's me done forever. there lies judgment, doesn't it? There lies judgment and um, a, a, a tripping stone. Yeah, Waiting yeah. to happen. Um, and nothing, nothing breeds disappointment like failure. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to stop something like that, the last thing you want is um, any more than... Is naturally going to be there opportunities for failure. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you'll have disappointments in life, you'll have failures. Yeah, yeah. Bereavements, um, tragedies. Life, life's etc. like that, yeah. These yeah. things happen. Um, and how you deal with them once you've stopped um, addictive behaviours is, I guess, the, the telling point. Uh, you get past your first tragedy in life yeah, yeah. after ceasing. And if you get through that without having um, having reverted to old type, yeah, yeah, then you're getting somewhere. Yes, you, you, you. So not you, if you like, that's your first really significant victory. Yes, it's almost like a you know the the, the drinking and the smoking were sort of central behaviours, but then around that there are other behaviours that. Yeah, it's it's like you know the. I guess, I don't know if this analogy works, but if 
if drinking and smoking are the, are, are the coat and hat racks. Yes. Um, and the yeah. other things in life are what you hang on them. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But you just have to take your shit off the rack and fuck off and leave them behind. Or we just throw the bloody... Throw them out. Throw, yeah. the, throw the hat rack out. That's it, yeah, <laughs> yes. put the hat rack in the bucket. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So, what's this, where are we? We're 20... We're, we're in 2014. 2014. So you've, you've made that decision. I, so are you telling other people that this is a decision you've made or is this an internal dialogue? I know I didn't tell anyone for a few weeks. Yeah, I'd actually yeah. stopped. Yeah. Um, but the, I was going to say the really hard part, one of the really hard parts has been that if you're going to do something like that, you need to change your behaviours as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of social circles. So and that, that, I mean, that's a biggie, because I suppose your social circle rotated around. Yeah, any, anyone yeah. that's been a, a, a professional drinker yeah, um, yeah. will have uh, multifarious connections um, in several different bars and yeah, pubs yeah, yeah. Um, within the town they drink in. They'll have their favoured haunts or yeah. maybe one regular... Um, local, if you like, yeah. um, but a lot of people will go in various places. Yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of people, I think, that stick to a traditional local, and that's the only place they go to. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I, I had the two locals. I had the one at either end of town. Um, uh, one was the aforementioned Black Bull. Um, and the other one was just uh, the other end of town where I actually live. Um, but in between, there were other places I favoured. Yeah. If it was a Saturday afternoon and I was just taking a wander into town, maybe, you know, go and buy some music or yeah, yeah. what have you. Um, and for me, there was always an element of needing to have other places that I was familiar with but not known. Yeah, yeah. As in in terms of, ah, how are you doing, Jim? Yeah. The usual, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, because deep down there was there was always a sense of embarrassment at having this behaviour that controlled me rather than me yeah, controlling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, embarrassment at the weakness. Right. Which encouraged which encouraged me to have um, have a notion to go and drink in other places, even if it was just for a pint here and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I'd, you know, you, you have a few beers and you end up back at your local anyway. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's to sort of, you know, just put the, the coup de grace on the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have something to talk about because, you know, so many folk in so many locals don't ever go anywhere else and that conversation can die very and yeah yeah um, so you have something to talk about yeah where have you been oh, yeah didn't see you this afternoon i've been to the big city I've, yes yeah i've been up the town yeah which is like a 10 minute bus ride <laughs> um, it makes me feel like you've sort of well, half hour walk conquered you know, kilimanjaro it does yeah, yeah. but the, there are guys that almost never leave to go anywhere you know further away from the local than the cash point. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
don't even need to do that anymore. No, so no, you, you, you can swipe you, things. I know that's, that's a, that's a dangerous reality. I think that is. Um, yeah. So um, this this culture then this this culture that you built around yourself mm. this this is something that was changing as well. Yeah, the culture has to change. Um, you have to withdraw yourself from um, sources of temptation to give it a, a, yeah. a, a, a vaguely evangelical sounding. But also, the, I mean, these are places of comfort. Or, you know, these are they're, they're places of comfort and familiarity. Yeah, yeah. And not support in a therapeutic sense, but support in the fact that I guess you're, you're all victims together. Yeah, yeah. Let's all be addicts. Um, and you know, so, so many people are reluctant to hear that word applied to themselves. It's, you'll get the instant denial if you suggest. Yeah, yeah. Because addict is a fuck off. Big I've got this under control. Big aggressive word, isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> and it's it's been um, it's been attached to um, through media, television, film, what have you. Addict normally implies someone that's on class A's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, rather than someone that's on pints of. Yeah, um, yeah. Needles, needle, needles instead of pints define an addict in, in Which popular is culture. Kind of weird, um, isn't it? Because it's it's a it, it's a sort of mind bending drug, really, isn't it? Well, aren't they all? Yeah. Um, even even. Even cigarettes, I guess. Even although you can have like you know smoke a hundred fags in a row. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, although you'll end up sounding like you know um, <laughs> Marge Simpson's sisters. Um, it, it won't do you any harm in terms of being intoxicated and incapacitated. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have forty fags through the day. You've just sat in your house and done nothing else. And you get an emergency call to go and drive somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can still go and drive you, you somewhere. Can, you can do that. Um, you know, the, the cigarettes, they're a, a strange one. Yeah, I've, I've never smoked, so I don't know what the, the hit is. Well, I'm not even sure I can explain yeah, it to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's one of the rare addictions where... It, it doesn't incapacitate. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, on the day you're doing it, it might incapacitate later on when it's killing sure. you. Yes, yeah, that's quite incapacitating. Being killing dead. you, killing yeah. you slowly. Yeah. Um, so suddenly, the, this culture that you had immersed yourself in, that, that you hmm. and different forms of that culture throughout your life up until that point, I guess, mm-hmm. was suddenly. Again, yeah. See, I find it difficult to have the not, not the the the, the giving up rhetoric mm-hmm. yeah, as opposed to stopping. And I mean, but, it, but I'm trying to think. Well, did you feel that you were giving up that that culture? Yeah. You. you yes. Yeah. I haven't. I think we've touched on this <coughs> a couple of times. Yeah. In the recent part of this conversation, without me actually covering it properly. Um, but yeah, you've, you've got to withdraw from the social groups in the bars. Um, 
you know, by not going into the bars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't go back into the local f- for about, I think it was three and a half, four months. Right, right. Um, and I wasn't in contact with anyone. Uh, I didn't go, obviously, didn't go into any, any other bars as well. Um, and I think that's essential. Um, it gives you a bedding-in period um, to get familiar with life outside yes. of the habits. Um, and, you know, use the plural because obviously there's two habits we're talking about now. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that helped me was uh, the, week, the week after uh, I stopped, uh, one, one of the lasses I got to know through a, uh, a, a Facebook, um, a mutual Facebook friend, connected to the Black Bull, yeah. um, was opening a new cafe. Um, and I thought, that's, that's, that's actually, that's perfect. Right, right. Because yeah. I think what you, you, you should look to do is to find an alternate place to go that can be a hangout. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's just for a couple of days, a couple of hours on, on the Saturday afternoon or the Saturday morning, or whatever the day is that would usually be your focal point for your indulgence. Yeah, yeah. Um, somewhere to go that you can make familiar and become familiar and, you know, have that old being the known face quality yes. that you have. And you can go in and have your usual. Uh, yeah, yeah. Coffee as usual, is it? Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. Um, so she opened her cafe. I was down there as one of the first customers. Um, not on the day she opened. Yeah. Opened on the day I was working. So wait for the weekend to come, straight down, opening, you know, whatever time it opened, eight o'clock in the morning. Right, right. Um, so do, having something like that <coughs> as a, an alternate focus to take your attention away from your old haunts and your old behaviours. Yeah, yeah. Is a big is a big significant thing because you get to you get to reinvent yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have to do that. Yeah. Because you're no longer the guy that gets wankered <laughs> on fucking ten, fifteen, twenty pints of whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then has like a bag of pies on the way home. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, know, you wake up with a pocket full of smash and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're having to establish a new identity for yourself because you are going into a new life from the point of view of everything about everything about you, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Psychologically, physically, <clears throat> um, behaviourally, you're going to be different from the person that was always... Um, looking at every excuse and every moment yeah, yeah. that you could squeeze into and and alcohol alcohol is is it's pervasive. It's in everything. You know, you, you I mean, we, sports, uh, meeting up with your friends, yeah. everything. It's it is yeah. Um, so if you have somewhere like this, um, <clears throat> and the, the, the timing was absolutely perfect for me. So, you know the. If you take a, a superstitious slant, the, the stars are aligned perfectly. Yes, for me. yes. Um, 
but it gives you, like I said a minute ago, an opportunity for reinvention and to create a new little social group of people that will only have ever known you as the guy who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Not, this is my pal Jim, he likes a beer. Yeah, on, yeah. Let's get them in. But this is Jim, he's, he doesn't drink. Yeah, he, he um, likes the, the Kenyan uh, roast uh, or, or whatever. Whatever it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, then, then I was on to like 20 pints of coffee a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, joking there, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have eyes like Garfield and no sleep. Yeah, that's um, the, yep. And a lasagna it, habit to go with it. <laughs> Enjoying that image, yeah. <laughs> so that that's that's interesting. I was just thinking about the the the, the, the other culture that you, and you know I think you, it, it, it when you were describing it, it felt right to say you know, that you didn't go back to your haunts. Yeah. I'm not saying never go back. I'm mm. saying give yourself a decent period yeah. of time and go back when you feel. You'll be strong enough to go in and say no. Because peer group pressure, I imagine, is massive. It in will the, be. And yeah. this, is, this is the thing you need to guard yourself against. And make... If, if you've got doubts, then take enough for the one glass of juice. Yeah, yeah. But you have to make... You have to be aware that there will be offers. Um, and there will be strange looks and comments when you go, no thanks. So be prepared for that. Don't, don't go in naively. And yeah, don't I just be, I just hope that nobody's gonna yeah. suggest. A, yeah, don't be naive. Make it a. It's just a visit in person, but I thought I'd pop in and just say hi. Yeah, um, yeah. So where have you been? What have you been doing? Well, that's the thing. I've I, I, I stopped. I'm off the booze. Yeah, that's that's a a, a common phrase that's used to yeah, describe yeah, it. Yeah, so. yeah. And it, and it works perfectly well. So I'm off the beer in fags. Um, I'm just going to see how long it lasts. Right, right. Oh, all right then. And that's, that's accepted. That was my next question. How, how was that met? That was, that was accepted <coughs> as, as it was presented. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, well, good luck with that then. Because it didn't. Um, it, it sounds like it wasn't presented in a, some, some kind of grandiose, I'm better than you kind of way. No, absolutely not, because yeah. you're not. Yeah. You're just different. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you always were different. You were just indulging in common behaviours. Yes, um, yes. But now you don't have those behaviours in common. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean to say you can't sit down and have a conversation. And, That's right. And That's right. Be sociable with guys you know for twenty years. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So has that that decreased? I mean, do you, do you occasionally pop into your local now or? It, it was decreased. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> yes. Uh, the last time I was in the um, the local on the home side of town, if you like, was just in the lead up to the end of last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and prior to that. I think it was well over a year. It could right, be eighteen months. Right. Um, but when you start developing the new self, if you like, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, along with that, the new behaviours, the new hangouts, um, that that takes your that takes up the priorities in your life that you gave to the old one. Yes, um, yes. So in the same way that it was, it was an effort to leave the old priorities, the old hangouts, and go and have an evening or an afternoon 
somewhere else as an exception. Yeah, yeah. That now <clears throat> works with your new hangouts um, or your new behaviours. Yeah, yeah. I need to step out of that and go and visit somewhere else for a change. Yeah. Um, and the somewhere else becomes the old places. Yes, yes. Um, and, and you also, you, you get to a point where you start forgetting about going to them. Right. Uh, they're no longer part of you. They're no longer part of your, your physical life. They'll be part of your mental life because you'll think about the folk you knew from time yeah, to time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you'll miss them. Um, and, you know, it's depending on the, the group you, you hung out with um, will depend on the reaction you get when you go back in. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always had a warm reaction. And, <coughs> yeah. Uh, and a welcome from the guys when I've gone back in, and it, it's, that's that's really heartwarming. Yeah, that's firm. nice. That's really lovely. Um, you know, it proves that there was there was more depth to our, our friendships than just you know get the beers in. Imbibing, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I suppose I, I imagine that being a lot harder than. I, I may I, maybe I make it sound easy, but yeah. I think I was physically and mentally just ready. It was the right time, yeah. My time had come to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe if I hadn't done it at that point, perhaps it really was a moment yeah. that would have been missed. Yeah, yeah. You'll never know. Yeah. If you can't go back and try it again. No, no. Um, So you, you you started going to the Bluebird Cafe. Yes. And yeah. uh, but but that seemed to have a sort of a, a, a life of its own. It was. Uh, it very quickly took on a life <coughs> of its own, um, especially when um, Kylie started to put gigs on. Yeah, yeah. Um, acoustic gigs there. That that was a, a whole new focus, um, and gave it a whole new, a, a different. Lease of life. Yeah, I I loved hearing about that when when you you started telling me about that and the and that me thinking a gig. How are you going to fit a gig in there? Yeah, and, and yeah, just knowing that you've been in there. I mean, it's a, about half the size of your kitchen. Yeah, um, but it was it was the right place. It, uh, it was the right place. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the right place at the right time. Um, so if if you like, you 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 could say. That we, along with the help of the Bluebird as a bolt hole to go to and, and the, the surrogate hangout yeah. as a replacement for the old ones. Um, yes, yes. Um, the other thing, I suppose, um, we, we were talking about uh, coat hooks and hat stands. So, suddenly, <laughs> Oliver Sacks. <laughs> yes, my, the man who mistook his wife for a hat. Fantastic book. Read it. Um, you, you, I'm guessing you suddenly found yourself wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. Uh, yes, I was wealthy beyond the dreams of average. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Uh, not wealthy, you know. I've never been paid enough to be considered no, wealthy. No, no. But you, you do. That's, that's a good point you do find yourself with money at the end of the month instead of going into an overdraft yeah, or a credit yeah. card to squeeze through the last week or so. 
um, which um, is just constantly building up a debt, um, you you get through the month and there's, there's shit in my pocket and yeah, payday's yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I need to spend it quick. Hang on, yeah. yes. it's it's not shrapnel. It's, yeah, it, it's paper stuff. Yeah, um, and that offers you alternatives. Well, it's, it's offered you alternatives. It's a bizarre phenomenon when yeah. it, when it starts to happen. Yeah, um, and it becomes a regular occurrence, uh, and it's nice. Uh, and you can choose to you can choose to go and buy a ticket for a gig or go and see a film. Um, like that, yes. Um, without having to sit and do the mental calculations, because everything up until then, for years, I was going to say years, it was, it was decades in reality. Yeah, was calculated to, according to. Well, that's going to be so many pints, isn't it? And I don't know if it, a gig in Glasgow. I don't know. By the time we get back to here. It's going to be X amount of time. I'm going to want a couple of pints when you get back this side. Bloody hell. I won't be right. in bed till God knows what time in the morning. Do you know, I, that's funny. I, I, I almost sort of thought of drinking as a thing that you sort of clattered around in. It sounds like it involved a lot of planning. <laughs> um, only planning from the point of view that you need to make sure that your resources are available for yes, it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so anything else outside of that requirement? Yeah is a calculation based on what you need to feed yeah. the habits. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. So consequently, I've never, I've never been through a Glasgow for a gig from Edinburgh um, until four or five years ago. Um, wow, so that is it. And, you know, and that, that was possible only because I'd stopped indulging in the old habits. Uh, and from, from my perspective, knowing you, that feels like you. That feels like... That feels like the sort of stuff Jim does, you know, going to gigs, watching films, because you're a you're a cultural beast. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it is it's this kind of guy you are. You you you're interested and interesting. You know, you know. Whenever you know, I know whenever we we phone, and it's it's never often enough. You know, the, yeah. the, the last phone conversation we had, what was it? It lasted approximately a week. Yeah, 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 it was at least a week. Maybe, yeah, maybe even a fortnight. Yeah, and and and, but but because you know, so these things, doing these these cultural things, these enriching things, mm. they feel like you. They do feel like me, um, and you know what? With the old behaviours, when pals were going off to things to do that kind of thing. And you were like, nah, I can't be bothered. And it's yeah, always like, yeah. nah, I can't be bothered as a cover for, I can't do it because I've got to feed these beasts. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and you cover up your embarrassment by just being casual and blasé about yes. the dismissiveness. Yeah, um, yeah. But then you, you, you're the person that's going through and doing these things. Yeah, yeah. And when you start doing that, that's another encouragement, that's another positive feedback loop Yeah, yeah. to, to drag you along, not drag you along, that sounds negative, <laughs> but to, to keep carrying you along. Yes, in, in, it's in momentum, that, isn't it? In the it? positive direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is momentum. Yeah. It, it's momentum and it's, it's distraction from what you were doing until you get to a point when you stop thinking about what you used to do. And you're looking forward to the, the stuff that you do do. 
Yeah. yeah, what you do becomes a, a different, uh, a different collection of behaviours and interests, and so th- th- there's that. But the the other thing that that um, I think is interesting uh, for me is, do, would you describe yourself as a Buddhist, or, or you, do you describe yourself as somebody who meditates? I'm, or? I'm reluctant about attaching the label. I don't think I. Yeah, I haven't I haven't studied it enough. Um, to say, right, I'm going to put that suit of labels on and, and wear it. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd still put myself down as someone who's um, uh, Buddhist curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, liking that. Uh, so to, to tell, us, tell us what it's like being Buddhist curious and, and what is that giving you? And that, uh, my feeling is that that, that kind of complements what's going on just now. It, it complements uh, what's been going on for the last, shortly to be five and a half years. Yeah, yeah. That's something as well. Don't stop counting. Yes, yes. Keep counting your progress. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Which goes back to what I said about the start of the year being a great, yeah. a great datum point for... Doing something like this, yeah. <clears throat> but if things are more ur- urgent, you know, start doing things or start not doing things at any point. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, the the Buddhist thing comes from meditation courses, which is Chris is what Chris is hinting at. Yeah, uh, I'm here visiting because of uh, I, I was at one and um, until a couple of days ago, uh, but I did I did the first ones back in the early nineties. Uh, and I was just fucking mental, and I, I shouldn't have been there. Lied to get there in terms of what I declared about my mental health state. Um, being desperate for salvation, looking for something to save me. Something that was going to rescue um, you, yeah. Which obviously it didn't. It's you know, it's um, it's not magic. No, it feels like a very very distant toe in the yeah. door. Yeah, it is a very, very distant toe in the door. Yeah. Um, and some funky things do, do, do occur. But it, it, was, it was something that was never forgotten. Um, and towards the end of the 90s, I ended up coming home from a course and deciding, fuck it, I'm not going back there again. Right. Because all I do is I go away for 10 days, I come home, um, and I go straight to the boozer, and the boys are like, how was it then? Oh, it was great. I'm just going to get a beer, and I'll be back in a minute. Um, so you sit down with the beer and a fag. And the more things change, the more things stay the same. You tell them how great it was, yeah, yeah, and how positive it was, and you never keep the practice going. So I was wasting their time, wasting my time, and I decided, fuck it. I'm not wasting any more of anyone's time. Yeah, yeah. I won't be going back there again ever until I've stopped the beer and fags. And then I, I qualified that to myself by saying, until I've stopped them for a year and I've picked up the meditation again for a year. Right, right. So that the, the cessation and the commencement of negative and positive behaviours yeah, happen yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and... T- t- Towards the middle of 2014, um, <laughs> I find myself thinking, hang on a second, we, we could be on here. Yeah, yeah. The game could be back on because w- within days of stopping um, at the start of 2014, I thought, um, hang on a second, 
if I start the meditation again, then by the end of the year, I could, I could be looking at next year going back to, to yeah. do a course again. Yeah. Um, so it was two weeks in to 2014, I think it was the 15th of January, I, I sat down for 15 minutes and, yeah, and yeah. started that on a daily basis. Um, and then by the middle of the year, I'm thinking, fucking hell, it's a realistic possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as it turned out, it was. And so from 2015 onwards, I've gone back to the place and done it on a, an annual basis. Um, and it's, that's part of what I do and it's part of what I am now. Yeah, yeah. Can you describe what, what it is? What, what, you know, what, you know, what happened... You mean ten days what, a few what, days ago? What, what do you get up to? You know? Yeah, yeah. What sort of shenanigans are you crazy, ni- nearly well, Buddhists? Yeah, get up I mean, to? Well, once everyone's got there and got settled, and uh, and the guru gets everyone to strip off and take drugs. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're we're joking again. Here, With a pint of vodka and whatnot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not. It, it's um, basically it's a ten day silent retreat. Um, where you meditate from, not continuously, you have break periods throughout the day, but the day starts at 4am and ends at 9 wow. in the evening. Um, so you do that silently for nine days, and the 10th day, the silence is lifted, because that's a day of adjustment. Right. Excuse me, before you go back into the outside world, and it, and it is necessary. Yes, um, to start taking those steps as opposed to just clunk dropping you back into... Yeah, because otherwise it, it would be a, a, a really dangerous sensory overload. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So the... Are you, you asking about the routine or the practices? Well, I suppose um, you, know, I, I, you, you've described what goes on to me a bit, and, and I think people mm. just don't know... Well, the beginning the, of the, 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 the practice um, is, is broken up into various different parts. But yeah. the, 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 basic, um, the basic building block of everything else is simply observation of the breath. Right. Um, however it is at that moment in time. So if you're breathing heavy, you're just breathing heavy. Yeah. Uh, if your breathing is shallow, it's just shallow. Um, and you're not thinking that to yourself you you know oh it's shallow today oh oh that's a bit heavy that's just the reality at that point and right. all you're doing is without commentary watching the breath being conscious of it coming into your nostrils right, and leaving right. them again yeah yeah um and you start to narrow down your t- <clears throat> focus of attention to smaller and smaller areas right um and and that builds everything else is built on top of that. So so what is the what what are you looking for at that time where you're sort of um, you're focusing on the breath? You know everything's about the breath. You, you're saying that the focus goes in and in and in. So what what I suppose what are you looking for at that point? How do you mean looking for? Yeah, do you know, I'm talking shit here. Um, what, because you, you've spent hours telling me that it's not about looking for anything, it's about experience. Um, but, you know, I, I suppose <clears throat> over, over time, 
for want of a better word, you, you, you become more proficient at meditating. Yes, you do. Um, <coughs> are you asking basically what's the end goal? Yeah. Uh, there isn't one. No, of course not. Um, there's no end goal. The goal is, if there is a goal, to just maintain the behaviour. Right. To maintain the practice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the more you maintain it, the stronger it is. The stronger it is, the, the more positive benefits it gives you. And the positive benefits being to preempt your next question. Um, that, that I could see. I, I am so predictable. I could see it forming yeah, behind yeah, the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the positive benefits are that you. Um, you will be a more peaceful and positive individual. Um, your behaviours will reflect that. You'll be um, a much more pleasant and positive person to be around. And positive and pleasant behaviours um, and attitudes affect the environment you're in. Yeah, yeah of course. They create an atmosphere. Um, in the same way that negative ones do. Yeah, yeah. Um, although negative atmospheres, I think, are often created in a far more dramatic yes, fashion. Yes, yes. Um, even if that dramatic fashion is just someone stomping in and flouncing down. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a, oh, fucking hell, the energy coming off of them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the positive side is more passive um, and it radiates... Yeah. Um, more gently. Um, you're, you're just looking for. Um, well, I, I'm generalising there. Yeah. So I'm I'm just looking for a state of. Personally speaking, a state of I guess contentment with life. Sort of mental peace. Yeah, mental peace would be would be great. Yeah. Um, the, the, the chatter of the mind, the, the incessant fucking gibbering that goes yeah, on, yeah, yeah. does begin to quieten down as you, as you get deeper into the practice. And I'm not that deep into the practice yeah, in terms yeah. of a daily basis. Um, I, I've never so far managed to achieve regularly the recommended hour in the morning, hour yeah, in the evening. Yeah seven days a week. That's still an aim for me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, if you like, that's a goal. Yes, yeah. You know, um, having said everything about the, <laughs> so far in the conversation about avoiding goals, that's yeah. a goal. Um, but I, I suppose it's a goal, a goal that you don't judge yourself about. Well, that's something that as well, yeah. yeah. You, you become less judgmental about yourself and other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and where you are ju judgmental, you're aware of it. Your awareness of these negative behaviours becomes more developed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you catch them not just in your mind when you're thinking, oh, that guy's a bit of a twat. Um, you, you catch them internally because every, every thought and emotion has a, has a physical... Uh, of course it does, yeah. Partner. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you feel these in your gut and in, inside your body. And yeah, we are. Uh, an easy, an easy um, one to illustrate is if, 
something's starting to make you angry, you, you'll get this burning sensation in your gut. Yeah, yeah. And that's anger. Yes. Um, and it's a subtle... It's a subtle spectrum that is very according to the emotion. A cognitive, um, emotional feedback loop, isn't it? One feeds into the other, feeds into the other, until you invade Iran. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or you lie your way to prime ministership. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? That would yeah. never happen. No, not in this, no. In a civilised democracy. <laughs> well, I think... What you, you've done is you've described, I don't know, it, it's, it, it's been a, a radical change in your life, but mm-hmm. it's so multifaceted that, you know, I think the, the, the culture we live in is what's the cure? And yeah. there isn't a what's the cure. It's, it's a really holistic approach to... To looking at mm. yourself and the environment you're in. Yeah. Um, the be- the behaviour patterns and, and, the, and the substances um, that form the addictions, or, or if you like, the substance-based self-harm. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're... Um, they're holistic things because they affect every facet of your life. Yeah, yeah. So leaving them behind is going to involve the same thing. Yes. Um, every facet of your life is going to change. Um, and it, it does make for, in my personal experience, it has made for some quite lonely times in the last five and a half years. Right, right. When you, you look, you think about your social circle and it's, you know, instead of like knowing a dozen guys here, a dozen right, guys there, right, half a dozen right. there, half a dozen here, you don't go to the bars anymore, so you don't yeah. see those guys anymore. Um, and you're, you're down to like, you know, a couple of handfuls of folk that you yeah you think of as your social circle now. Um, because the guys you saw in the local aren't your social circle anymore as much as you might miss them when you think of them. Yeah, um, yeah. And you mentioned the money element, you know, you, you can afford to eat better um, and go places and do things. Yeah, yeah. So everything's holistic. Yeah, yeah. Everything. What you're leaving behind um, is holistic and what you're moving into is the same. Yes, yeah. So, yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not about... I, uh, yeah, it, we, I, I think... You know the, the 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 society we live in just now. The way we we we've hugely medicalized anything to do with the mind, and and this sound. You know, at no point did you say, "Well, I took these pills. I'm a lot better now." Yeah. <laughs> um, it was it was more to do with the world that you're in. But but for so many people, that that feels grey. Or, or it's not immediate enough, and and yet here you are, living proof that 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 is possible. It's possible, um, but it, it goes back to what I was saying about expectation. Yeah, uh, you keep your expectations uh, neutral, if you like. Yeah, uh, 
to use a different phrase, rather than saying to people, don't have any expectations, um, to avoid the negative connotations, keep them neutral. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I've dragged out the story that I wanted to hear from you. I want to hear the... the <laughs> is there anything that you think, oh, Chris, why didn't you ask me about this? That we're kind of missing out on. Not really. Yeah. Um, I think we've rambled on for a good amount of time yeah. and covered a good amount of ground. Yeah, I think um, it, for, for me, this, is, this has been great. And I think it's, it's, it's really important that we have full conversations that, that, you know, that, that sort of take us to yeah. places and take us from places, you know, say how you got there and how you... Well, that's, that's the podcast you set out to present, isn't it? Exactly, I mean, exactly. You know, it's nice to have uh, been invited to sit down and be part of it. <laughs> Do you know, it, it is always lovely seeing you. And, and I think very often... Do you know, the, the, the thing that the podcast gives me is an excuse to ask you all these questions that we, we, we don't <laughs> always explore when we're sort of being mates and just playing Clask or um, mm-hmm. listening to... God knows what music and yeah, yeah. But it, it, so yeah. For for me, it's, it's I don't know. It's been a privilege. I've really really enjoyed just uh, just hearing about it. So, yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a privilege here, and it's it's been a, an interesting experience just to talk about things um, in this kind of depth. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, I, I'm going to say thanks very much. Thank you. And uh, I'll say goodbye until the next time. Uh, Okay, bye for now. that's it from walking mile just now a huge thank you to jim for being so open and honest and for being a great friend for 33 years 33 years remember you can contact me on 07535035909 or email me at hello at letswalkamile.org or you can follow me on twitter at walkamile uk and remember if you have the anchor.fm app you can leave audio messages that i can play in the next episode Till the next time, I've been Chris Young, and you've been rather fabulous.